So Psalm 97. The Lord is king, he reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him, and he burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their worthless gods, for every god must bow to him. Jerusalem and Zion has heard and rejoiced, and all the towns of Judah are glad because of your justice, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. Praise God. And Lord, we make that declaration today of Psalm 97 over each one of us here, over all of our households, our families, over our nation, and Lord, over all the churches that are meeting today, Father God, we pray that each one would know, Lord, that you reign, that you are God. And Lord, where there is false gods being worshipped, idolatry, and, and all kinds of things going on, a compromise or you know, mixture. Oh Lord, we pray, Father, for the Holy Spirit to overshadow. You promised that you would pour out your Spirit on all flesh, Lord. You promised it, Lord, and we thank you that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of your glory and that all will see you, Lord, and, and proclaim that God reigns. And we just... We praise you today, Lord, for people's hearts to be turned to you, where they're, where they're trusting in other gods, where they're prioritizing other things over you, O oh God, where they're ignorant of your word. Lord, we pray that their hearts would be, would be turned to you and that their eyes would be opened and their ears would be opened uh, in the name of Jesus to hear the Spirit of God, to hear you calling them by their name. You know, what a precious thing that it's so personal to God. And just that that verse in verse 5, the mountains melt like wax. No matter what the enemy has tried to set up to bring disaster or despair. You know, so many people's hearts are in despair right now. There are so many people that are struggling uh, with various circumstances in their lives, in their families, and so many that are being overwhelmed by the circumstances that they see going on, uh, you know, in the world around us. Uh, and, and this is causing people, and we spoke about it on Thursday night, it's causing people to lose heart. And it's the churches, you know, it's the mandate that Jesus Christ has given to us is that we bring good news. And we need to be careful that we're not being overwhelmed with the negativity that, that is going on in the spiritual realm, you know, whether you realize it or not. Uh, the spirit realm is far more real than the physical realm uh, because one day our bodies will, pa- you know, will die and we will pass from death to life. 
And uh, praise God. You know, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so it's so important for us to stay focused on his truth, on what the word of God declares. And uh, I love that there in three, that fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his enemies. You know, those things that the enemy has set up as mountains, those are the things that melt like wax in the presence of God. And so we have to cultivate and foster, uh, you know, living and dwelling in his presence and realizing that everywhere we go, we're bringing his presence and that's why the demons are, are manifesting you know people are often shocked at the at the the difficulties or the stress or the strife or whatever that that's going on in their lives but listen if you have the spirit of God living inside of you yeah. everywhere you go people see that light and they and you know any any uh, demons they don't like to see the light and uh, you see it there in verse 11. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right or the righteous. The ones who have been made right with God through the blood of Jesus. And uh, so may all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. Amen. And uh, while we're in the Psalms, if you want to have a look at Psalm 32. These are just foundational scriptures really. That what they do is, we read there in Psalm 97, that God's throne is is founded upon righteousness and justice and so that that God's throne is immovable because of his holiness God is holy and that righteousness and that justice he's he's the God of justice uh, you know but our lives need to be founded on that as well and the principles of righteousness and justice of truth uh, and and that keeps us stable no matter what the circumstances and uh, in Psalm 32 and it says in uh, verse 6, Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. In the, in the New King James Version, it says, Surely, in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. So, you know, in this flood water, which is what, how the enemy, uh, we see it in, in uh, our... GA in, in football or in hurling, you know, the, the tactics are uh, to, to swarm the, the good players in order to, to get the ball off them or, or rather not to let them get the ball. And that's exactly what the enemy does is he swarms people with problems or with kind of grief or anguish or, or you know, high things from the past, fear or whatever. And, and those things are... are impeding God's people from being able to to walk in victory and uh, but you know David spoke here and he said you are my hiding place you shall preserve me from trouble you shall surround me with songs of deliverance you know that God sings over you turn around to your neighbor and tell them God sings God over you he has you know and and I, I guarantee you that maybe a song that you love yourself you know, that that's the song that God sings over you all the time. You know, it, he's, he's singing songs of victory over you. It says that in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. And um, there's a note actually here in my study Bible. I just wanted to read for you from that psalm. Oops. Um, a little bit intelligent, of course, to mark the pages, but anyway. Thanks, Geraldine. Uh, praise God. Psalm 32, 
actually in Sam 30 as well, while we are there, just so I don't forget, in Sam 30, this has been on my heart for a few weeks. In verse 11, it says, you have turned my mourning into dancing. Hallelujah. Would you all stand up for a minute, please, and just make a bit of room around you. And will you face the back wall? Okay, I just want to give you a, a practical object lesson of this. As we face back that way, right? Okay, now I want you to turn around and face the front wall. Okay, so you've done a complete turn. And that's what God wants you to know, is that because of what Jesus has done for you, and because of the transforming power of his spirit, once we were in darkness and we were, you know, facing and going the wrong way and, and surrounded with anguish and pain. And this is what we need to, you know, to understand about being transformed and being renewed in the spirit, like it says in, in Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world because the world had us facing this way. The world had us in this situation where, you know, whatever, everybody has a different story, but all the stories are, are you know, devastation and, and, and grief before people come to know the Lord or, or all kinds of problems and issues. But what happens is God picks people up and yeah. he turns you right around and, and sets you in a broad place, in a safe place and, and a place of his protection. Praise God. Amen. So when you turn around again and just just, just to remind yourself and we'll say it together. Father, Father I, thank you I thank you that you have turned, you have turned my, morning, my morning, my darkness, my darkness and my past. my past. You have turned me. Now you can turn around. You have turned me. You have turned my morning to dance. Thank you, Jesus. He's turned your morning into joy and into rejoicing and dancing. So there's there's a physical act and there's a, you know, there's, this is something we, we don't probably do enough is that we, re, we must realize that there are some physical things we need to do. And where the enemy wants you to go down rabbit holes of despair and discouragement and oh, thinking about the past or dreading the future or whatever, you know, you actually have to physically say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not listening to those thoughts. They're lies of the devil. And what God says is, and what he has done, he has has turned my mourning, my darkness into joy and rejoicing. Amen. He you, is my hiding place. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank, you, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can take your seat again. Hallelujah. There's no harm to get you up and about. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, would you like to do a dance? One, two, three. Come out. Come out and do your one, two, threes. I never know I was no <laughs> two left feet. Um, but uh, praise God. And it, while you're in Psalm 30, you know, in verse 4 there it says, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints yes. of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Amen. 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 In Psalm, Psalm 5, isn't it? It says, He surrounds you with his favor as a shield. 
In Psalm 84 it says that God is our sun and our shield. He's the one who brings light and who brings protection. And this is so important because the days we're in, they indeed are perilous times. And, and you know, there are frightening things that are going on. But we do not need to be frightened and we should not be frightened. And we actually have to physically, you know, remove ourselves from those fear patterns or fear attitudes and remind ourselves of what God has said. You know, what he has said is true. And so it says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father. We praise you for your joy. Um, in, uh, there's something else that I actually want to see. Uh, oh yeah, and I just wanted to read that note for you. It says, Zephaniah 3.17. This is talking about the word joy that we've just been reading in those Psalms. Um, Zephaniah 3.17 literally says that God will dance over you, his beloved child, with singing and with a shout of joy. So, you know, when we're, when, when we're uh, going through our daily life, just because you can't see God, you know, we can't see the wind. And we know we have the evidence of the wind. And just because when people find it difficult then and they're trying to think about God with their reasoning and with their head, you know, the things of God are spiritually discerned. And that's why God, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. And so when we study the word of God and when we apply it to our lives, it brings life and rejoicing and peace. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It is righteousness, peace and joy. There is right standing with God that brings peace to a person's life and that you cannot help them but be filled with joy because Amen. of that. Amen. Hallelujah. And it is the joy that will keep you st- strong and stable. And Amen. God is literally, when he sees you, you know, overcoming um, circumstances or situations, when he sees you proclaiming his word, yeah. when he sees you standing on his word and refusing yeah. to, to give in to the enemy, when he sees you taking time away to spend time with him, yeah. he's literally dancing a jig around you and singing and rejoicing Amen. because you're reflecting his nature Thank and you're Jesus. not reflecting the enemy's nature. You know, the yeah. devil is the most depressed being right. in the whole uh, of creation because he knows what his future is he's the being with the most fear and Isaiah chapter 14 says that at the end of time whether that's uh, when the Lord comes back or when we go to be with the Lord whichever comes first that people will look and say is that what I was afraid of is that is that the one that I left ruin and uh, ruin and and rule my life You know, what a waste of life. God doesn't want you to waste your life. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and enjoy it. To enjoy your life, to have life abundant. You know, and there's so many things that God has blessed you with, but the enemy often magnifies the negative things so that we only look at and see those things. And we we ignore and and don't look at the wonderful things that God has blessed us with. And, and, you know, that we can uh, start thanking him and praising him. And then those those other situations, the mountains will melt like wax in his presence. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, In... Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. As I said, these are just foundational scriptures, and I'd really like to pray for you today. I feel that the Lord 
wants uh, for us to pray for each person uh, and to we have the, the oil of gladness and just to release uh, you know a fresh impartation of joy Amen. and courage Amen. you know uh, Isaiah chapter 26 I remember the first time I saw this scripture it, it like changed my life and it changed the way I uh, that I started to look at things and realize that that God my father you know uh, that that the Lord is like in Psalm 103, it says, he is a tender father, compassionate. He knows how weak we are. And, you know, you've got that picture again of, of the Lord just drawing his children close to him and saying, it's okay, everything's all right, you're okay. You know, the enemy has been condemning people and getting them to feel like, uh, you know, that God doesn't love them or he's forgotten about them or that they're not good enough to come into his presence. And, and Jesus, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, Jesus, uh, when he was speaking to the Pharisees uh, of the day, and he said, uh, you know, who do you think is, is more righteous in God's eyes? The guy who comes in and, and sort of swirls his skirts around the place and says, well, I thank you, God, that I'm not like all those sinners out there, you know. And, and then the guy who comes in and he said, barely steps inside the door and says, oh, God, will you forgive me? You know, the thing is, is that as we come before the Lord and humble ourselves, he, he brings us into his presence and and that's where the fullness of joy is and that's what this scripture is talking about here uh, that there's a, a stability and a peace that comes from being wrapped up in God's arms and being uh, in this relationship with him it's you know relationship is all about uh, communicating mm -hmm. with the one you love yes. and communication is not just talking 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 right. telling him all the things I need and yes. all the things yes. that are wrong yes. it's about listening yes. and it's about thanking mm -hmm. him and, and appreciating Amen. him you know for who he is so he says here you will keep him or them in another version it says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you trusts in the Lord forever for the Lord Yahweh he is the everlasting rock hallelujah he's the rock of ages and uh, there's there's a uh, you know there's nothing that can shift that rock if you look at uh, you know, the way that God, the way that Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say I am? And um, he was fishing for, you know, what is it that they're going to reveal about me? And they all said, oh, well, look, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah or a prophet or something like that. And he, he looks and he says, well, who do you say I am? Who do, you know, it's, it's this personal thing. Yeah. And Peter said, you're the Messiah. There's, there's no mistaking it. You are the Son of God, the Messiah, the one that was promised. And Jesus said, Peter, you know, your brain didn't tell you this, but God revealed it to you by his spirit. And he says, your name is Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter, which is Petros, little rock. And on this rock, on the Petra, uh, that's the, the Greek translation. The Petra is like, you know, if you think of the cliffs of Moher or you think of the cliffs down in Balneskelligs, these gigantic uh, cliffs face, you know, and then you've got this little rock that comes out of it. Well, the, the, the little rock is, is the Petras, which was Peter, but the, the rock of ages mm, right. is God, and he is immovable. And so when we trust in him, we will be immovable as well because we come in, in you know, in Christ. 
the enemy cannot, uh, he cannot tear you down. He'll, he'll try and speak to people and get them to believe negative stuff, get them to believe that, you know, bad things are going to happen. So many people are struggling with anxiety and despair and depression right now because they're feeding on the news, they're feeding on, on crap that, that other people are talking about on social media and stuff like that. And if they were feeding on the word of God, what, it would, be, what would happen is that there's a transformation happens inside and there's a stability Amen. and a steadiness a steadfastness that Amen. comes in that person that establishes their feet and they will not be moved. Amen. Amen. So we'll see that. Would we like to read it together? You will keep, you will keep us in perfect peace because our minds are stayed on you, because we trust in you. We trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Yahweh, he is the everlasting rock. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to look at um, Proverbs 28, 12 as well, because, um, you know, just to give an insight into what is happening in the world. Because sometimes if you can understand what's happening, then it sort of takes the fear out of it. And um, in Proverbs 28, 12, it says, When the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. So when the righteous rejoice, when the, rejo when the righteous, uh, that is those who are right with God, those who know God and, and you know, know that their sins are washed and cleansed with the blood of Jesus, who have right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. It means being right with God. And that's what Jesus was doing on the cross. He exchanged his righteousness for our sin. So, you know, as I said earlier, when, when people feel this is something the enemy uses, condemnation and accusation at people to tell them they're not good enough or they're too sinful or their, their past is too bad or, or their, their thought life is too bad, you know, and, and so they, what they tend to do is stay far back and distant from God. They don't want to get close to him, uh, you know, because of, of being exposed and feeling shame. But, um, you know, being righteous, that's what Jesus came for. He said, there was none righteous. And the word of God says that all of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We could not make ourselves right with God. We could not, you know, do enough good things. People, you know, you ask them, and where do you think you're going to go when you die? Or what's going to happen when you die? And they say, well, I, I hope to get to heaven. And yeah, how do you hope to get to heaven? Well, because I'm a good person. And, and they probably are a really good person. And they probably do really good things. But that is not the, the, the ticket, you know, if you like, to get into to, uh, righteousness with God. It's believing in the one he sent, his son Jesus, and receiving him as Lord. And coming to him and repenting, bringing our sins. Bring your sins. You know, he says he gives us his beauty for ashes. And so that's what righteousness is, is that we have um, believed in Jesus, that he took and paid the price for our sins so that we could be made right with God and brought back into God's family, reconciled to God as if we had never sinned. He, it's like if somebody goes to a restaurant and 
They're eating their meal and they get up at the end of the meal and go to pay and they're told, um, actually, the, the couple over there have already paid for your meal. They wanted to bless you. And so there's nothing to pay. And that's what Jesus was doing on the cross. Amen. Amen. He, there's nothing to pay. But uh, it's, it's acknowledging that, yes, I'm a sinner and I, I have sinned, but praise God. You know, Jesus paid the price for my sins so that I could be washed and cleansed. And that's what righteousness is. And so righteousness is, is understanding that I am right with God, not because of anything I've done myself, but because of what Jesus has done for me. And he has given me his righteousness. And so when the righteous rejoice, and why would the righteous rejoice? Because, you know, there, do you know how many people are out there in the world today trying to pay a price to God for their sins, trying to do enough good things? You know, there are people who are terrified of dying because they don't know what's going to happen to them. They, they hear all kinds of stories and have all kinds of, of maybe imaginations in their head about having to burn somewhere. This has been taught from pulpits that people have to burn somewhere for a while in order to get into heaven. Or, or they have to have family members who love them enough to go and say prayers over and over and over again to see can they sort of boot them up the line a little bit and get them out of the queue. You know, and, and these things have hindered God's people from receiving righteousness. And if people can't receive righteousness, they cannot have joy. Because that's what the joy is, is that the price has been paid. The ransom has been paid. And so when the, when the righteous rejoice, there is great glory or great celebration. And uh, another word for that uh, great glory there is, is splendor and beauty and bravery. These are all the characteristics of God. His glory is not some kind of voodoo-doo-doo smoke or, or fog. You know, His glory is His presence. It's who He is. And when we ask, Lord, will you fill us with your glory? It means give us more of you. John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. You know, uh, there's, there's things that we've been involved with or things that we have been defiled with from the world where maybe things that we've gone through or, or bad situations or, or maybe stuff that we've, you know, partaken of and they have defiled and corrupted. We've been, you know, uh, under the influence of the enemy. And that's what righteousness is, is, is taking and removing all of that. Jesus said, though your sins are as red as scarlet, I will make you as white as snow. That white as snow is righteousness. And so, you know, his, his beauty, his, his splendor, his majesty to be seen in us, uh, more of him and, and uh, the past removed. And so, but when the wicked arise, and this is what we're seeing in the world right now, is that the wicked have arisen. You know, the enemy and, and the wicked there, not only does it mean, you know, somebody who's, who's doing evil, but in, in the word of God, the wicked translates as godless or lawless. Uh, it translates as somebody who is hostile to God. And if you want to see where the world's problems have come from, it is because they have removed God. They have removed him. They've removed the truth of his word. It has been, you know, shunned and hidden. It has been uh, taken over by man, where man has, has perverted and twisted the word of God. 
You know how many people actually will not even read the Bible, even in Ireland? Do you know that people were told that the Bible was for Protestants and not to even dream of reading it? Uh, you know, that is, and those people are going to give an answer someday. Yeah. They have people trapped, yeah. trapped in ignorance. Yeah. Good, wonderful, beautiful people who do their best all their lives. And they're serving, a, you know, religious indoctrination yes. that has prevented them from understanding the truth of the word of God. These are our family members, yes. you know, and, and this is what happens when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. Well, what the word of God says there is that they will be searching for men. And that's, a, you know, if you want to see uh, and, and people don't like it, and I know they, they speak out about it. Uh, you know, for if somebody mentions something about the Lord, they're immediately shut down and people try to shame them or mock them. And, and so they're, you know, often people will say, look, don't say anything going in here or don't open your mouth, you know, about anything because, you, you know, you're going to bring shame on the family. Listen, at the end of time, we're going to go and make yes. our, meet our maker. We're going Amen. to meet Jesus. And Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. And he's quite clear in the gospel that men are going to come to him and say, but Lord, I did this in your name and I did that in your name. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. And that knowing you, it's the same word as that intimate relationship between a man and his wife. That, that, that union of, of utter intimacy, of knowing everything about each other, of being joined together in one body. And we have been joined together in one body with Christ. Only the enemy has tried to infiltrate and corrupt people and get them to separate themselves from God. Uh, you know, and, and sort of, look, if you do it this way, there are many ways to get to God. They, you know, they'll say, you know, you can, you can talk to this saint or that one or, or go to Mary. You know, Mary has a straight line into Jesus because she's, she's, she's the mother of God. She's not the mother of God. Mary's the mother of Jesus. And Mary herself gave that, that wonderful prayer in, in Luke chapter 1 where she said, My soul magnifies the Lord, Yahweh, my Savior. You know, she magnified the Lord and said, I need a Savior the same as all of us. And, and so where people have been taught, listen, go through that method or that method. You, you, you know, God will see it and he'll give you some brownie points. That's a lie and it's leading to a path of destruction. And that's why men hide themselves. They don't want to, to put their head above the parapet, you see, because it's so much easier just to get through life and you know, hide away and not be seen because if you put your head above it's going to get whacked you know, somebody is going to attack you or somebody is going to say something nasty about you or think, oh what a weirdo you know, well I think I prefer to be known as a weirdo than, uh, than to be in the camp of the wicked and it's time you know, the Lord is calling us back to if the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice we need to get fearful because we need to get right with God because justice is coming. And, you know, the Lord, he is slow 
to, to carry out justice because he wants all men to repent. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, he is the God of justice yeah. and he brings recompense and justice for the things that the enemy has, has you know, uh, wronged and, and tied up people with in the past. Yeah. But he will also bring justice to those who are acting in wickedness. Yeah. And that's why we need to pray for our, our governments. That's why we need to have joy. Because yeah. look, you know, it's joy and, and uh, that, that brings strength to us. And it's what attracts people yeah. to, to, to the gospel. Yeah. And uh, that's what I want to pray for today is that we have an outpouring of, of the joy of the Lord. Um, it's also in, in Proverbs 29, if you're still there in Proverbs, 20, in Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And uh, that word there, it, it means they, they moan or they mourn and they sigh. And uh, the, the word groan actually also translates to mean they groan in grief and in pain. And so, you know, so many people are battling anxiety and depression and all kinds of oppression right now. And they don't even realize it. But it's because the wicked are, are carrying out, right. uh, you know, wicked things. And they are affecting people in the spirit. And many of the people who are struggling with oppression or depression are actually deeply spiritual people who are being conflicted and, and, and affected in their spirit. They're in deep anguish and grief or perhaps because of things they've been through. But when the righteous, when the righteous are in authority, when the righteous are uh, become great or enlarged, the people rejoice. And uh, that word rejoice there, it means there's like glee, you know, absolute glee and happiness. And, and the people brighten up. Well, you know, there's so much despair. Uh, this is what is needed. It's for the righteous to arise. And that's why God said, arise and shine for your light has come. Amen. And uh, just finally, in Proverbs 11 and verse 10. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is jubilation. Hallelujah. Like we said earlier, you know, the mountains melt like wax in his presence. In Psalm 23, it says that the Lord lays a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You know, he still wants us to eat from his table and to take, yeah, but what the enemy's trying to do is get people, uh, you know, get their eyes averted and, and get them to turn back to where they were before and, and to sort of eat delicacies from his table of rejection, of strife, of, of fear, of whatever, unforgiveness, of, of dread, you know, these things. You, you mustn't touch what's on the enemy's table. Right. And realize that, that God has good things for you. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's what causes jubilation. Amen. 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 Um, praise God. I feel to break bread. And um, so let's break bread together. And while we're breaking bread, I'm going to turn to Isaiah chapter 16.
In Isaiah chapter 60, it says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, and darkness as black as night has covered the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. And so his glory is his presence. And Lord, we just praise you and we thank you today for the presence of God For your light, Lord, shining in the darkness. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, you know, have nothing to do with the the darkness. I'll just read it for you so I don't quote it um, incorrectly. A second. Um, In Ephesians 5.10 it says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Lord, we praise you for your light. Jesus, you are the light of the world. And when the light comes in, in John chapter 1, in John's gospel, he said, the light quenches the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. You know, the light extinguishes the darkness, but the darkness cannot extinguish the light. And so uh, in, um, in Isaiah 61, uh, in verse uh, 3, it says, you know, this is talking about the coming Messiah, the coming Savior. And it says, uh, and Jesus quoted it in Luke chapter 4. Uh, he quoted this scripture. Uh, but in verse 3 in Isaiah 61, it goes, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Your crown is beautiful. <laughs> your crown is beautiful. It is. You know, you've been crowned with his beauty. You've been crowned with his beauty. Remember in Psalm 34, it says, those who love the Lord will radiate. Uh, Their faces will not be ashamed. It's time to to make sure that you remember what we did there today and turn from all of the crap that the enemy has been trying to darken your face with or darken your life or darken your world with fear or with, you know, dread or, or problems or whatever. And it's time to turn to the light because when you're facing the light and when the light is, is shining through you, you're going to emanate and Amen. radiate his light everywhere Amen. you go. Amen. So he gives us that beauty for our ashes our ashes. Think about cleaning out the fire. You know, what's left in the morning after the fire is finished? It's just a pile of ashes and they get thrown out. Well, you know, all of those things that that the enemy has carried you through or or attacked you with in life, you know, those things, they're the ashes, the pain, the grief, the sorrow, the rejection, the whatever, Mm -hmm. the failure, the brokenness, uh, the fear. And, and those things need to be handed over. He gives us his beauty for our ashes. There's an exchange. And that's why we take bread and take the cup, is, is as a remembrance of what he has done for us. So let's take the bread together. Let's say this, Father God, I thank you that Jesus, your son, laid down his perfect life. He gave me his beauty. And I gave him my ashes. My ashes.
Jesus, Jesus, your body was broken, your body was broken so, that I could be healed, so that I could be healed and made whole, and made whole. In, my mind, in my mind, my heart, my, heart, my physical body, my relationships, my finances, all the parts of my life. As I eat this bread today, I remember what you did. You took the bread, you gave thanks for it, you broke it and shared it. And then you said, "This is my body, given for you. Do it in remembrance of me." As I eat, I believe I am eating healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. You are holy, Father. We worship you, Jesus. And when we take the cup, Father God, this cup, this drink, it's a symbol of your blood that you shed for me, Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me and washing me clean. And I declare that I am clean because of the blood that you shed for me. So I take this in remembrance, proclaiming your death and your resurrection until you come again. Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. I'm just going to proclaim that Isaiah 61 over you. Um, from the New King James sometimes when you read from the NLT it just I proclaim today in the name of Jesus that Jesus came to heal the broken hearted that he came to bring liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the, of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus came to comfort all who mourn. I take authority today over every spirit of grief, all grief from the past, all grief and all shame about things that happened or things that went on. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that because of your blood, you have washed us and cleansed us and you have taken away all of those. You, you became cursed for us, Jesus, so that we could be set free. And I declare freedom today in the name of Jesus from all grief for all of those and and those listening on the podcast as well and on Zoom. Lord, I praise you that you came to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give us beauty for ashes. So I proclaim that, that you know, 
Oh Lord, I thank you. I just heard that there. Mm-hmm. I proclaim that that the Lord says to you today, you are beautiful. Amen. That you are you are beautiful. You are radiating His glory. Thank you have you, the Jesus. Spirit of God living Amen. inside thank of you, Jesus. and you are beautiful. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. He's given you his beauty for your ashes. He's given you the oil of joy for mourning. He's given you the garment of praise uh, in place of or in exchange for the spirit of heaviness. So that you can be called a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And I declare that you shall rebuild the old ruins, and you shall raise up the former desolations, and you shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Hallelujah. Uh, You will be named a priest of the Lord, and they will call you the servant of God. Hallelujah. And instead of your shame... Verse 7, I declare that you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in your portion. In the land you will possess double, and everlasting joy shall be yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for your tender touch today. Lord, we pray for every every need that people have here, Lord, or or those that we're praying for, those in our families, in our household. You said, Lord, that when we take the, the cup and the bread, like Moses and the people of Israel did on the Passover, take a lamb for a household. And Lord, we have included all of those that are on our hearts today, Lord, all those people in our families, our extended families, our children and grandchildren, nieces and nephews, our our relations, Lord, our neighbours, our work colleagues, our friends, Lord, uh, all of our church family. We bring them all before you today and we thank you for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit and and that each one, Lord, will hear you calling them by name and that they will respond, Lord, that they will hear you with their own ears. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.